I am Bill Cartwright with Living Right with Bill Cartwright. And this is the Stress Mastery Podcast, where we take you from the science to the spirituality of stress mastery. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stress Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Bill Cartwright. This week, our topic is essence. In today's health huddles, I am discussing the societal programming of being fat. I'm doing a solo episode again, still working on the internet issues that are going on in my area. So I do believe that's all going to be resolved this week. And uh, David, the super millennial, and I will resume doing uh, the show that we've been doing for the last 2000 episodes. But for today, I'm going to discuss this societal programming of being fat. So this week, our topic is essence, and essence is the most significant element, quality, or aspect of a person. Now, if we take a deep look at the human being, we will discover that the core of each person, that love, is the essence. Love is the very essence of all creation. Now, to truly grasp this, you must understand that love is an energy. This is the 500 purple zone energy that connects the purple zone. Love is the essence that creates connection to all creation. It's an energy that releases desire and attachment. And this is what brings true freedom. As human beings, essence is regarded as a unity of three components, biological, social, and spiritual. Now, the biological essence of the human is our body. The body is designed to support whatever we hold in mind. In today's culture, the intellect is given much more attention than the body. Many spiritual seekers attempt to forsaken the body to attain spiritual bliss. They are they attempt to put the body down, disregard the body, uh, control the body. Yet, as all the really, truly great masters learned and have been teaching us, you cannot attain unity consciousness without mastery over, your, over the biological body. Aristotle taught, it makes no sense to talk soul or mind without a body, for the essence of a person is embedded and intertwined with their body. You want to take it out. You, you, you want to take it away from the body. You can't take out your spiritual quest from the body. Our body is not a priority in today's world, as we are always striving for more education, more knowledge, for success, for status. Yet, if the true essence of the human is love, and love is freedom, letting go of attachment, how can you attain success and true freedom in a diseased body? Now, the second aspect of essence of the human being is, is social, and this is our mind. Here, Aristotle says, essence and existence are a distinct concept held in the person's mind. That is your subjective reality. That is your reality we've talked about. Now, our mind is set for us through societal programming, and this creates an identity, the program identity, and this is the lens in which how we view and interact with the world. This is your inner world subjective reality. Now, this programmed reality, this programmed identity is held through habits and routine. 
Now, when it comes to our body, when it comes to our health, much of what you believe you know was actually set for you. Yet, if you have failed to achieve optimal health, those settings and programs that you believe in mind about health are false. And as I will talk about today, a lot of the programming that we carry have been passed on from centuries, generation to generation. It's been passed on and how we view our body and the measures we take to deal with our body. And before I jump into that, the final component of essence of the human being is spiritual. This is the creation mind heart. And I'm going to dive deep into this on Connection Thursday. So if we begin to understand that the true essence of all creation is love, and this 500 love energy is where we really experience freedom, we let go of attachment, and we really begin to live life in the process. As a human being, your entire mission of your lifetime is to reconnect to your true essence. And we do this through connection of head, heart, and hand in unity consciousness. Stress mastery is designed in its practices, in its lessons to create this unity of connection. When it comes to health, I have a saying that health, it's health before business. And this is not very popular with many hard-charging individuals. Many of these individuals I meet, the, the, they are stuck in the cultural programming that happiness is found in societal success. It's found in money and status and possessions. Yet, I have met thousands of these societal successes who have done it all and now feel empty. They are in drama-filled, chaotic relationships. They're dealing with one health issue after another. They have money, but no freedom. Now, most of these very intelligent and talented people have some of the craziest views when it comes to our body and to health. And a lot of this has to do with the programming that was passed to us from generation to generation. If we look at the history of dieting, when it comes to marketing and programming our health, there is no bigger industry than the diet industry. Besides the pharma, big pharma promising you that this pill will put you on this sunny day, the diet industry has been around a long time, people. So if we look at the diet industry, just Americans alone spend $61 billion a year on diet products to lose weight. Fitness and health take a back seat to dieting to all the consuming programming that we hold in our minds that to lose weight takes a certain method. And even though we jump from one diet fad to another and spend billions of dollars, the truth is, this is the truth. Set Now, 78% of Americans are now overweight. Yet we spend billions of dollars on weight loss every single year. Something's wrong. Obviously, if we're looking at the objective reality, that's the truth. Objective reality is what is. Something's wrong. One statistic showed 
that the average woman will try 61 diets by the time she's age 45. 61. The marketing built around dieting is built around the pro the societal programming of being fat. And this programming has been passed along for a long time. So the marketing built around dieting is the promise of being happy, of being proud and becoming special in a new, thinner body. The marketing is built around easy magic results because nobody wants to suffer. And it's anchored in guilt, shame, and in self-hate. The promise is freedom from those self-hate feelings that you'll get each morning as you look at your body in this thin body in the mirror. But the truth and the reality is when you look at that image staring back at you in the mirror, it creates a story. And for many people, I'm talking millions and millions of people, when you look in that mirror, it creates a story of self-hate and failure. The objective reality, the truth about dieting to lose weight is all around us, people. If we just slow down and really look at it, 90, the statistics are the truth. 97% of those who do actually lose weight gain it back, while most people won't even get through the first 90 days of a program before they quit and go back to their old patterns and routine. We have the objective reality of our own experiences also, our own diet failures. We have our reality. But for some reason, we refuse to look at the truth because we stay in the story. We don't look at the truth of what is. This is all but erased when the ego is telling you, you know, you could be thinner. You would be more loved. But only if you could buy this new diet or do this next program, do this next procedure, get this new shot or pill your girlfriend is getting. The past diet failures were my failure. They were my fault. I didn't have the right program. I don't have the willpower. I didn't have the right tools. You see, you're looking in the mirror and you have that self-hate. And the story that the ego is telling you is, the diet did not fail. You failed. And this societal program of being programming around being fat is much stronger than you may think. Remember, societal programming is unconscious, but it drives behavior. But you're always looking in the mirror and blaming yourself. Oh, I'm so weak. I don't have willpower. Why did I quit? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Now, another big issue about this program, this programming of being fat and being overweight is the misconceptions of why people actually struggle with weight. You see, the why people are overweight is so misunderstood, and it's misunderstood through those that we trust the most, the doctors, the scientists, the medical field, the place we go for answers. And they don't have the answer. So what do we do? We go to the next book the next internet sensation, the next thing that worked for your girlfriend, the next promise. And this is behavior that we all were like sheep being herded by the diet industry. See, the marketing built around dieting and, and weight is that if you're overweight, that you are inferior. If you're fat, you're weak. And in fact, according to a Rudd Center 
study. The hiring bias against obese people, people that are overweight, is worse than the biases based on race, sexual orientation, or physical disability. So remember, to have a bias, you have to hold a program. It's a, it's a subject of reality. It's how you see the world. This is a bigger issue than most people address. So the marketing of the weight loss and the diet is set in fear. They set the pro that the, the dieting marketing for you in fear. So in one research study, young girls that were that these young girls claimed that they were more afraid of being fat than they were of losing their parents. Slow down and let that sink in. And the marketing of weight loss is set in fear, but it's anchored in guilt the low red zone energy. The marketers understand that if they promise you to escape this, this overweight fat body, if you can escape this fear, you will find love. Yet, if you fail to achieve what the diet promised, the industry will tell you, well, it's not their fault you failed. You don't have willpower. You were just weak. You're kind of a loser. And you then, this is what creates guilt and shame. But it also drives you to look for the next magic diet solution, the next thing. And this is the, the routine that stays in place, that keeps the cycle of, of abuse, where obesity will continue to rise and the diet industry will continue to get rich. You don't have to believe anything I say. I do talk not just from 40 years, now 42 years, just had a birthday, of experience, but also of working with other people, but also my own personal experience because I went through this. I get it. I understand everything you're going through. And so what makes me unique as a coach is when you tell me things, I understand it. I also know the answers of how to get out of it. And it's amazing to me that I can give a client the exact thing they need and they will sabotage it. They will sabotage almost every time. Why? Because that's how strong the programming around the societal programming around being fat and dieting is. See, the history built around the body is quite interesting. We got to look at the history because every generation is passing into programs. So we look at the early Greeks and Romans, they believed if you had a healthy body, you had a healthy mind. Now, during this time period, the Greeks believed being fat was not only ugly, but also a sign of mental un unbalance. Hippocrates, the Greek physician that sets our doctors today with the Hippocratic Oath, 400 BC believed fat people suffered from unhealthy sleep, aches and pains, and gastric issues. As history progressed, the first few centuries after Christ's death, Christians began a new doctrine on the body, that the body was the enemy of the soul. Well, let's pause for a second and talk about that. We have to understand how the human being operates and functions because every single human being on the planet functions and operates the same. Our brain developed 
over hundreds of thousands of years to protect what we hold in the mind. The mind developed to program automatically over 100,000 years, whatever it was exposed to in its early years as a child. And the body developed over hundreds of thousands of years to support what it was ever held in the mind. So where the Christian's doctrine that the body was the enemy of the soul could not be more wrong because the body just supports what's held in mind. What's the enemy of the soul? It's what's held in mind. That's the enemy of the soul. But this doctrine would start practices of, of trying to fight the biological essence of being human. And the idea of being fat is a sign of not being spiritual. And this still persists today with many so-called fitness gurus. So this is where all this programming is beginning. And remember, every generation is passing to the next generation. And in the mid-1800s is where our programming of today really starts to root, you know, as, you know, United States Americans. The ideal, in the mid-1800s, the ideal masculine and feminine beauty was thin and romantic. So the clothing industry, women's dresses required tiny laced in waists from 1850 to 1920. The form-fitting clothing was also set for men. They wore tight trousers and tight-fitting jackets. Now, during this period, form-fitting clothing and the slim figure as the ideal meant fat people were, again, fair game to be ridiculed and called immoral. You see how this is starting to build up to 2023. All of this societal programming built the culture of dieting and fat discrimination. It's discrimination of not fitting in if you were overweight. The culture of diet is not new, people. The first low-carb diet was in 1825. Billet Saverian stated, fat people must give up bread and flour-based foods, root vegetables like potatoes, sugar, and starches, and eat only fruits, vegetables, and lean meats. He wrote this in the Physiology of Taste or, or Meditations on Transcendental Gastronomy. And so 1825, people, there's your Atkins, your South Beach, your paleo, your low-carb diets. Yeah, it's all there. So, Wow. Is that pretty shocking to you if you if you hear that, that it's been that long? In 1830, the first diet retreats were started. And it's interesting, you know who invented the first diet retreat? Sylvester Graham, the inventor of graham crackers. He taught fat is bad for your health. Being fat makes you corrupt, morally, and sexually promiscuous. So he created retreats to get you to lose weight. These were the first weight loss retreats. The first diet diary was in 1856, where Dr. A.W. Moore had you created a diary where you record the weight. You recorded every single thing you ate in each meal and keeping a record of this. So your first diet journal was in 1856. 
I use a Lose It app today. <laughs> it's just amazing. And it, it's not new. That's why I want people to understand. We think that obesity is a modern problem. And it is. It's an epidemic. It is really an epidemic. But it's an epidemic that was set centuries ago. It's the programming that we hold in mind that drives our behavior. The human being is hardwired for behavior dictated by what is held in mind. And believe me, a lot of this unconscious programming that we have, the societal programming of being fat and what you have to do to not be fat is really what's causing the obesity issue. You see, the first calorie counting book when they went to calories was Dr. Lulu Hunt Peters. He suggested 1,200 calories a day and to eat small caloric meals in, you know, throughout the day. And so this is the first calorie counting diet that comes out. Again, this, this, is, this is in the 1800s, people. These are, this, is not, this is not what you think. Now, today, let's bring it forward. Marketing to lose weight or marketing for health is everywhere. You, have, you walk in the store and you have food labels trying to grab your attention. Low fat, low carb, no sugar, gluten-free, blah, blah, blah. You, you also have marketing, weight loss, everything. Now there's the new shot that everybody's going to the doctor for. It's the magic, finally. Since the Greeks, we finally found the magic shot. It's bullshit, people. It will also be another failure. It can't work. It's impossible. And so when we look at it, we have pills, we have shots, we have these groups that come together, all this, the gurus, the internet sensations, all of this has been part of our culture for centuries. This is not new. Weight Watchers have been around since the early 1960s, as has Slipfast and Jenny Craig and Nutrisystems in the 70s. Now, one huge component of diet marketing comes from the medical side. And it's not very, it, it, the Hippocratic Oath doesn't, I, I guess, does not count for obese people or fat people because some of the practices are downright. I'm going to say the word stupid. And yet the most intelligent people that we know in our society, these medical professionals are telling us this is what you need to do to lose weight. Obviously, again, obesity continues to rise. It obviously does not work. Look at the objective reality. $61 billion a year spent, obesity continues to rise. 78% of the population now, it's getting worse. So in 1950s, was where the medical really started intervening in this weight loss. And there was like a whole, a lot of people losing weight in the fifties, especially women. And there was a dirty little secret. They were being prescribed amphetamines. They were prescribed by millions, the millions of amphetamine prescriptions to help people lose weight. The HCG diet was very big when I was entering into the medical field. And it's the most ridiculous thing ever. You look at the ACG diet, they're giving you a shot to work that actually affects your hormones. And then they put you on a 600 calorie diet and you lose weight. For God's sakes, you're going to lose weight. The challenge is you're not losing fat. You're going to lose weight, but you're also going to gain it all back. There is no such thing as a successful weight loss program if you did not maintain the weight loss. You have to create that as your program. 
If you didn't maintain the weight loss, it didn't work. Now, the medical contribution to the obesity epidemic comes from one aspect, lack of education. I'm just telling you, you're not taught. You're taught very little about nutrition. Uh, my daughter, who is a registered dietitian and has a degree in psychology, she was taught how to practice medicine and how to understand labs. And she worked with me in clinics in, in uh, Panama and Peru, and she helped build the Miami clinics. So she was around a long time. And when she was doing her rotation, she understood the blood work as well as the interns understood. But the difference was she also understood how that blood work translated into how that person's body was processing foods, how that person's body was handling stress, how that person's body current habits were affecting their current health. Think about what I just said. It's your current habits, your current routine that has built your current health. And you can see it. The lab work will show it. And one of the things, the lack of education in our medical field and the science behind it, we call it pseudoscience. It's such bullshit because most of the scientific studies are being paid for by food companies, supplement companies. <laughs> they're, they're paid by the industry itself. And what's the industry looking for? The next diet. I want you to think about this for a second. If there was a diet that worked and everybody went on a diet and they lost weight and they were successful, obesity would come down. But what would happen to the diet industry itself? They would begin to lose money. They would begin to lose their profits. They would begin to lose their power. And so the diet industry cannot have you succeed. If you succeed, they fail. I want you to let that, you sink that, let that sink in for a moment. They can't succeed. So the lack of education in the medical field, when it's built around what it takes to honestly, truly lose weight, what it truly takes is you have to look at the components, the five components it takes to obtain optimal health. The body is a core essence of being human. The body supports the mind. The body is important. So the first thing, number one, is sleep. If you can't sleep, I don't care what you do. You're not going to lose weight. It's impossible. Number two is hydration. If you're not hydrated, you're not switching the nervous system over again. You will not burn fat. Number three is your mind. The body supports the mind. This is where we're all programming. All the societal programming of being fat that you feel, everything you feel is coming from your mind. It's programming. Those are the emotions you feel when you look in the mirror. They're not real. The programs. And if you don't switch that mind, you don't change your routine. If you don't change your routine, you don't change your reality. That's just an absolute fact. So you have to understand, you have to reprogram the subconscious mind. You have to release the societal programming of being fat and diets and all these other things because they don't work. Because if they did work, then 
you wouldn't have an issue being overweight now, would you? And then the fourth component is diet. What is the right diet for you? Aren't you tired of losing weight, gaining weight? Aren't you tired of having all these promises that are brought to you from the diet industry and failing? Aren't you tired of being stuck in a body that you don't love? Aren't you tired of it? Because if you're not tired of it, you won't look at reality. You'll still hope and stay in your head that the next program, the next pill, the next shot, the next diet, the next guru is going to be your answer. It's not. It can't be. You're, you have to be the answer. So what is the right diet for you? Get some studies done. Do your labs. Do this right. And then the fifth component is exercise. And I will tell you this. It's the number one thing. When I did that, when we looked at that study from the, the veterans, when they're looking at the million veteran program, the MVP study, and they were looking over decades on what contributed to their longevity and health, that exercise contributed, I think it was made a difference. If I, don't quote me on this. I don't remember. I think it was 46%. It took away from any disease, 40% 46% less chance if you just exercised. So that's the truth. You might not like the truth, but that's the truth. And if you really ever want to get out of this diet cycle and the societal program of being fat, the way society is handling it by just accept who you are, well, good luck with that. Remember, this programming is unconscious. This bias that we talked about is unconscious. It's happening whether you want it to or not. But even more important for yourself, understand, we're going to talk this week on human essence, the essence of being a human being. And you have to know that the biological is important. Your body was built to support your mind. That's all. That's what it's designed to do. It's, support, it's there to support you not make you feel like a loser, not make you feel guilt and shame. That's not what it's there for. But I promise you, every single one listening to this, every human being functions and operates the same. You can absolutely change this. But to change this, you're going to have to get on a course and stay on a course. And you're going to have to set that new routine, that new identity and health. And you're going to have to have faith in something and get out of hope. Because the longer you wish and you hope for that new body, the more obese you will become. The diet industry is growing. $61 billion a year. Obesity is now at seven, uh, our overweight is now at 78%. Next year, ah, diet industry will probably hit 100 billion and the overweight will probably go into 85%. That's my prediction. The higher the diet industry's revenue becomes, the higher the obesity rate will rise. It's just the way it works. Every single time you go on a diet and lose weight and gain it back, you are destroying the homeostasis of your body. You're resetting a higher fat set point. Every time you diet, lose weight and gain it back, you're creating the environment for obesity. You are slowing the metabolism. And you are putting your body in a state that it must store more fat. So my prediction, diet industry will hit 100 billion, overweight will hit 
If we all of a sudden see the overweight go down, you will also see the diet industry's number come down. They will be tied together. That's it for today's show. Our mission here is to create a shift in the planet. You can join us on this mission by like, share, and subscribe. The links are right below the show notes. As always, until next time, stay inspired.